Hello and welcome to the LA Survival Guide podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tony, and with me in the studio today is Alex, per usual. What's up, Alex? Hey, Tony. How's it going? It's going all right. So, as Tony said, I'm Alex, and today we have with us regular hosts, Andre and Jay. Hey, Andre. Hey, what's going on, Alex? Not much. And how's it going over there, Jay? Not bad, not bad. All right. And we also have a special guest with us today. Allie, the kindergarten teacher from our dating episode, is back and following up with us. Hey, Allie. Hi, thanks for having me back. So great to have you again. Super excited to get back into this and see what kind of changes have occurred within you guys' relationships due to COVID-19. But before we get into that, let's give our week 12 update. So today is actually... What is today? The 7th. Wow, it's June. Today is June 7th. (laughs) And we have been officially in quarantine for 86 days at this point, is the official count. But we've got some good news. So the state of California, according to ABC7 Eyewitness News, California is allowing schools and pro sports, gyms, bars to begin reopening uh, next week. I believe that date is the 12th. Yeah, let me read this for a second. California will allow schools, daycares, bars, gyms, campgrounds, and professional sports to begin reopening with modifications starting next Friday. That's, again, June 12th. The rules on schools and daycares or day camps will apply statewide, but only counties that have met the certain criteria threshold of numbers of cases, testing, um, and preparedness will be allowed to start reopening in other sectors. What else here? Oh, also exciting. Some more things with these guidelines and things that that will also be included in these rules are hotels, casinos, yay, casinos, right? Uh, Museums, (laughs) museums, zoos, aquariums, and music, film, and television production. All right. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully get back to work soon. Um, Yeah. Uh, Also, I know that a lot of people have had questions about parking enforcement. And originally, I believe that the relaxation of parking restrictions had been extended up until sometime in June, maybe June 4th. Well, according to the LADOT, parking enforcement will be extended with relaxed enforcement regulations until the 6th of July, as I said, to support LA residents as they stay safer at home. LADOT has also extended the deadlines of payments for existing parking fines to July 6th. While residents are encouraged to pay their existing fines if they are able, there will be no increase in fines for failure to pay until July 6th. And just so you guys are aware, um, again, the relaxed enforcement includes residential street sweeping, expired registration on vehicles, peak rush hour gridlock zone parking restrictions, no ticket tow for abandoned vehicles and oversized overnight parking, vehicles displaying recently expired permits within preferential parking districts will have at least two weeks grace period following the expiration of renewal. And enforcement will continue for metered parking, time limits within preferential parking districts, posted time limits, colored curb zones, and parking restrictions for city-owned lots. Also, as protests continue for the second week, 
the ACLU has also distributed some information on things that you may or may not do when you are protesting. So you may distribute leaflets, flyers, or other literature on your own property or on public sidewalks, parks, and plazas. You may picket or protest on public sidewalks, parks, and plazas, as long as sidewalks and building entrances are not blocked. You can chant or sing protest songs on public sidewalks, parks, and plazas. You may not block access to sidewalks or buildings, march in the streets without a permit. You may not disrupt counter-protests, and you may not engage in speech that is obscene, makes knowingly false statements of fact, or that is likely to incite an immediate disruptive or dangerous disturbance. Interesting. I wonder how that last part might be interpreted. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like within reason, right? It's going to be something somewhat subjective. Additionally, California permits speech activities such as handout leaflets in facilities operated by state and local governments and open to the public as long as they do not significantly disrupt the normal operations of the facility. Also, free speech activity generally cannot take place on private property absent the consent of the property owner except where the property is open to the public in the same way as a public street or park, like a shopping mall, but not a strip mall, or in front of big box stores. Thanks for that update, Alex. Well, you did half of the update, so whatever. (laughs) Moving on, um, let's just get into our follow-up to the relationships episode. So, Allie, how have you been since... um, COVID-19 and this whole safer at home and the quarantine thing has come down. Yeah, it's been crazy. I think so much longer than anybody thought in the beginning on March, oh, I think it was 13th or something around there, our school closed where I teach. And we thought we were coming back after spring break, like in two weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. So we had quickly just photocopied a bunch of work for them to do for the two weeks and then, you know, see you in April kind of a thing. There was just not a lot of information um, at the time. So yeah, now three months later and I'm this week is my last week and we're finishing the year with a, a virtual zoom party. And it's just really so much, you know, so different than we imagined. And I feel so like robbed of my, my last months with my kids. That's just selfishly, but then on the grand scheme of things, it's been really rough for people in our district. So, you know, parents are having to carry the full weight of the real educating at home. I'm just providing resources and materials, but there's only so much I can do. We're doing uh, Zoom lessons, but for kindergarten and not really ideal. So yeah, a lot of a lot of changes. We had to make really, really fast, like I'm sure a lot of other work fields, but it's really a whirlwind. So in the beginning, I think because we had planned so many things for our wedding in the first two months of our engagement, like main things like venue photographer, those kind of things that it wasn't really, we could afford to be kind of in limbo for a little bit. So we're just kind of, okay, let's just wait this out and get more information and see what we need to do. And then after a few weeks, okay, let's talk to our coordinator and see what our options are. And then kind of every few weeks checking in. And in the meantime, we had 
friends that were supposed to get married the first week of April and they had to cancel their wedding. And they ended up still getting married just with like, I don't know, five witnesses and the pastor in their church chapel. But they, I think, are still battling their venue to get refunded for anything because they basically had a full wedding paid for. And the venue, this is people, um, a lot of people get married in the spring. And so a lot of people are trying to get their money back for things, but rightly so the businesses are trying to survive. So they want to keep the money or they may have already spent the money because your wedding was the week after closures. So, you know, they've already ordered the food or they've already ordered the flowers. So you just lost a lot then. So yeah, I knew someone who was getting married overseas, destination wedding that completely canceled because borders are closed. So it um, was really hard, I think, for a lot of people that didn't have the time to prepare, but we were in a little different situation because we were getting married in the middle of summer. So kind of just waited it out. And as I was contacting different people, like our the bakery that makes is making our cake and the the venue and things like that. And the caterer, no one was offering refunds. So there were kind of people just thinking creatively, like our, our baker was saying, okay, if you only have, you know, 40 people at your wedding instead of a couple hundred, then we're not going to refund you, but we'll give you store credit so you can come and get like birthday cakes and anniversary cakes and Okay, so this is kind of the compromise you have to make with Jay's shaking um, his head. vendors and things like that. So I'm going to have cake forever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fr- it was really frustrating. So a lot of just immediately you have to get focused. And for us, it was, well, what is really important right now? What is truly important under all of this fluff? What is important? And do we still, is it important that we exchange our vows with our family? Is it important that we have a really big celebration? Is it important that we get married that date? Should we postpone it? You know, all of those things you have to kind of realize what, what is really important. So um, I think we just had to focus once we decided that we were sticking with that date and kind of let go of so many expectations. And this whole time I felt really fortunate because we had time to adjust our expectations, whereas a lot of people who were had weddings planned right around the time of closure had no time to adjust. It just kind of took the wind out of their plans. So really, really, my heart goes out. I feel very fortunate in that sense that we've had a few months to just kind of adjust. And um, now things are slowly reopening and it looks like our plans are kind of normal, which is insane. Norm- normal how? Normal in the sense because we have a fully outdoor venue and it's not in Los Angeles County. Uh, It's in Riverside County. So they are fully reopened by June 19th. And because it's outdoor, there's really no issues related to the pandemic, at least that they can foresee right now. So we are kind of planning like normal. The only thing that's not normal is how many people are RSVPing that they can't come because they don't want to take the travel risk or anything. And we fully, fully understand that and and wouldn't want anyone to come. Um, Includes a lot of my family, you know, a lot of my family members that aren't making it. So that's, you know, an adjustment 
to expectations, but we knew that when we decided to keep the date this year, that it would be, you know, not everyone would be able to make it, but yeah. So I think because we chose not to get married in LA County, that really ended up being an advantage because I'm not sure when indoor or church weddings um, are going to be able to take place here in LA. (laughs) So that kind of, because we had an outdoor venue and it was the county that wasn't as strict on pandemic rules. I mean, yes and no. I don't know. I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but um, that kind of helped our situation. That still sounds frustrating with the uh, businesses' refusals to give refunds and such, but it's really great to hear that you can see the plus sides of the situation and try to make the most out of it. Yeah. I, I just, again, I keep coming back to how fortunate we are compared to other people who truly, truly lost things because it was already too late. Like there's no, it's just a loss. Whereas we can kind of work with our, our venue initially when we signed a contract had a minimum number that we agreed. Like we would have this number of guests minimum. And immediately that was one thing they were willing to work with us on. They lifted the minimum. So they said, if you have 50 people or if you have 150 people, we're not going to find you for not meeting whatever minimum we had originally agreed to. So yeah, that's good. That, that's good. You know, yeah. they, they weren't going to give us our deposit back, but they were going to work with us in a way. I understand businesses also have to survive. So it is a really tricky situation because it's yeah. not just affecting me, it's affecting everyone. And yet that was your money. So it's, it's yeah, it, it's really, really tricky. I don't, I would be much more frustrated if we weren't able to actually use that venue, but it looks like we are. So um, very, very blessed in that sense. Yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you. So there seems to be a new norm, this um, embracing of digital or newer technology. And I don't know how it is in Riverside County, but the just having to wear face mask. So two questions. One, will you be requiring your guests to, to wear a face mask? Will you be wearing a face mask under your veil? I mean, the bride and groom better not be wearing face masks. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think they usually don't. <laughs> they're they're going to get married. But hey, there is also a third person that's standing within six feet of them. So I, I, this is a legitimate question. And then the second one was, <laughs> will you guys be live streaming your wedding for those who are not able to participate in person? Those are things that we're trying to figure out right now. I literally just shot out an email this weekend to our coordinator asking if they were providing masks. Otherwise we need to order them. So we will have masks on hand. It's not mandatory that anybody wear them. I mean, it would be very hard to stay six feet away from someone at all times at the wedding. You could try to do it, but um, I think you're taking a risk in coming for sure. It is going to be like 85 degrees. So, you know, hopefully the heat helps, but no, I'm not going to wear a mask down the aisle or anything like that. But we've been talking about that. When I, when I go to a wedding, I typically, before I leave, want to catch a selfie with the bride and groom, my friends, you know, so are we going to allow people to hug us or are we going to take, you know, pictures of people? How is Mm. that work on the dance floor? Because my fiance is Arab and we are going to have a lot of Arabic music and dancing where they throw you up on their shoulders and things like that. And so it's very close 
and, you know, how are we honoring traditions? So we're working through a lot of that right now because we want to incorporate meaningful elements and we have a surprising number of people that are still wanting to come. But yeah, looking into a live streaming option, I don't know how we're going to handle it. I think the idea is if you decide to come to an outdoor wedding, you are just taking a risk by nature. And we have encouraged like on our wedding website, please don't come if you are sick in any way or if you are compromised or you know uncomfortable, we, we understand. So yeah, we've made decisions as far as spacing. We're going to have to maybe space chairs a little bit more or kind of cluster them. Instead of sitting 10 to a table, we're sitting eight to a table. You're still going to be close, but we're trying to make it a little more comfortable for people sitting families together. So if you live in the same house, things like that, but it's definitely really, really different planning something with all of these factors in mind. Yeah. Okay. So moving away from like the wedding planning um, and more to you guys' actual relationship, I know that you and your fiance live in two different counties. You guys are not physically like near each other. What has it been like basically being quarantined and I guess dating long distance or guess the SoCal definition of long distance? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's so interesting because I think the way that we've developed our relationship over this time has kind of gone along with the increase in knowledge about something as we're learning more about coronavirus, as we're getting more information, then we kind of are adjusting what we're doing. We didn't see each other for the first three weeks, which felt like a very, very long time. Um, Because I live with a 92 year old woman, my grandmother, and he has roommates as well. And so when you're trying to think the world is kind of shutting down right now, we don't really know what's going on. We didn't really know how coronavirus was passed and prevented and all of these things. It was very confusing times so we were just like, it's better not to risk anything right now and also for the people that we lived with. So taking that into consideration and then realizing, you know, for me, I had my aunt and uncle coming over to the house and sitting with masks in the garden with my grandma for visits. And I was like, okay, if they're doing that, I can slowly, you know, we can find a way to see each other. So, um, yeah, either my fiance would come over here with a mask or, um, or I would eventually, I actually didn't go over there for a while and then I would go over there or, um, it's hard because all of the places you would normally even meet up, like the beach closed, go on a hike closed, go to a coffee shop closed. And we're living in two different counties. So very, very difficult figuring out how, just literally how do we see each other and where do we see each other that was respectful of the other people we were in contact with as well. So yeah, it was tricky. Technology is so helpful being able to FaceTime and things like that, but it's not the same. I think a lot of people can relate if you're online all day for work, the last thing you want to do is be online again to connect uh, socially. And so it just 
was really draining. After a while, yeah, we started just trying to walk, be outdoors as much as we can. Now it's the point if he comes over or if I go there, we're not wearing masks in the house, but we're very careful as soon as we get into the house, washing our hands. If we go out into stores, we're still wearing masks. So there's like slowly uh, more like relaxing of the rules, but it's, um, we're still just really, really careful. And I, even this week, we're trying to figure out where to meet up. And it's still really, really tricky because there's still so many places closed and it's very inconvenient. So it's been just kind of an adjustment where you're making the best of it and being a little creative. And that's kind of it. I am having a virtual bridal shower. So <laughs> that nice. was something that that I didn't plan. <laughs> but it's kind of fun in the way because I have really dear friends in other countries. And so uh, for me, it's kind of the best of both worlds where those friends are going to be able to log in and join where I would love them to have been able to come. So that's really, really special for me. But it's very funny how the older generation, like my aunts and my mother-in-law, they're so confused. They're like, well, how about how about you come over to our house and we'll like do the shower together? And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Like if I'm talking to you in person, I can't be on the computer doing the doing the shower with all of my friends. So it's a very, there's a generational gap for sure, where I wanted to include my, like the older women in my community, but also it's a little bit, they're just totally not understanding the concept and yeah, my mom's very cute. She's like sending all of the girls who RSVP a little package with like a cake and a mini champagne and stuff. So we're all going to eat the same like shower food, even though we're going to be in our separate homes. So it's definitely, this is what I've seen from the beginning of the pandemic, people being so creative in how they're kind of rising above and making things special. You saw the Italians singing from their balconies in the beginning of this whole thing, you know, people trying almost immediately saying like, no, we're going to connect. We're going to be human and find a way. Technology is really helpful in that, but it also becomes a little bit draining when you're like, this is my fifth Zoom of the day and I don't want to do that anymore. Has your fiance been able to continue working during this time? Yeah, so crazy. He wasn't sure in the beginning what it was going to look like. There were some layoffs and he has a job that, is remote already. So that helped, but he also goes to the field a lot. So he, he wasn't sure that that element of his job has had to go um, virtual. So yeah, it, there were big adjustments for both of us and that created a lot of stress in our relationship, miscommunication and a lot of arguing and stuff that probably could have easily been uh, avoided. But we just had to keep coming into perspective, like, okay, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We're in two different geographical areas. We're also thought we were planning a wedding. You know, there's a lot of, yeah. and then you've got your family and then there's just been increasingly um, more difficult news and challenges in our world. And I think it's, it's important. We just had to be very clear, communicated. Like, I want to talk to you. I can't, talk tonight. I'm just drained, but it's not you. Can we do it in the morning? You know, whatever. Sure. Just to consider the other person. But yeah, it's been, they're a big adjustment for sure. 
I want to switch gears here and and speak with Jay. Um, Jay, so at, towards the beginning slash middle of our safer at home here in California, I remember reading a lot of um, in China, the divorce rates were going up because <sighs> as people were coming out of these quarantines, being stuck at home with their significant other, a lot of yeah. issues kind of came up and they just could not resolve them. So I know that you and your wife are in a unique situation where you guys also have tenants in your place. How had have you guys had to make adjustments or confront or take care of any issues that arise within you guys' relationships or how you guys interact with each other? I think we both have a little bit more, you know, extra grace for each other in these kind of situations. Um, it really, there really hasn't been any significant, like, fights or anything like that. It's really actually been pretty chill for, for both of us. We both work from home. We both have jobs that you know, are full-time for the time being. Sadly, my wife's job uh, may be in question uh, due to uh, COVID. So that's a big bummer. But for the moment, we have jobs and we work full-time. So we are occupied during the day. And even though that we're around each other, we're not like interacting 24-7. Maybe like 227. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I mentioned this, I think, in the um, the last bonus episode, but um, we've just kind of had an understanding with our tenants. They've been pretty good about social distancing and observing it as opposed to Seth's girlfriend's roommate who is not <laughs> observing social distancing. Um, so our tenants have been pretty good about it and we appreciated that. And we've had a productive relationship. Uh, with them as well. And, and they're also friends of ours too, which, which helps and makes things a lot smoother. Yeah. So, um, that, that makes it riskier in my opinion. That they're friends. If you're already friends with someone. Yeah. I can see that. There could be expectations or yeah. I can see that. I can see that being risky. I know that sometimes when I was about to live with a friend or something like that, I might've had some consternation about how that would affect the relationship. Um, but it's been fine. Um, I think, me and my wife are both pretty easygoing. I try to be especially easy, easygoing. Like that's something that I strive to achieve with my relationships with the tenants as well. So my wife is, I think, a little bit more easygoing than me, and I try to be more easygoing than normal with them. Nice. Got it. I'm sure that you guys going on trips have kind of helped uh, kind of ease some of that tension as well, where you guys are going to from state park to state park. I remember that was a... We met you guys in Utah. It was because you guys were going on to Wyoming, <laughs> yeah. and we're gone for a while. And then you just you just recently went on another trip up to Sacramento. Yeah, well, that was just a day trip to pick up our puppy, our golden retriever puppy that we just got. <laughs> How's life with the puppy been? Very exciting. It's very fun. He's very very cute and very beautiful. However, last night was awful. <laughs> <because> <laughs> what happened? He uh, very much not used to our home. And sure. well, let's just say going to sleep was a trouble. It was a lot of trouble for all of us. <laughs> so, oh. man. If we have a crate for him and he didn't like going in the crate. And what I have read is that a lot of times puppies have trouble right off the bat because um, they're, they're used to sleeping next to their brothers and sisters. And, and they're, they're like warm bodies that are literally right next to them. And um, so they can hear each other's heartbeats and um, it's like a calming presence for him. And our puppy didn't have that last night. Just the cold hardwood floor that he chose over the warm 
blanketed crate, <laughs> which was frustrating that we put all these comfortable crates and treats in there and he ate the treats and then came back out. And <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't own a dog. I can't, I am not willing to crate train my dog growing up. I like my dog slept with me his head on the crook of my neck almost every <laughs> night and I was okay with it. <laughs> well, that is an option. Um, we, we were warned not to do that cause it just it builds a habit. So we were, we were trying not to do that, but you know, if, if you're willing to do that, then there's no need for them to be crate trained. True. True. Andre, anything new in Victorville? I mean, I saw you posted, there were some actual protests in Victorville. Yeah, surprisingly, there have been a few protests. I went to one on Thursday, I think, for a little while. Peaceful for the most part. Obviously, the high desert's a few different cities, and there were a couple cities that instituted a curfew for the most part. You know, I think there were maybe six or seven days of straight protests, and peaceful for the most part, yeah. Yeah. So in L.A. here, we are in our second week of protest and we are towards the end of of this past week curfews have been lifted uh which has been kind of nice because i don't know what it is about being told that you have to stay in but then also seeing a bunch of people outside just like for the sake of being outside not necessarily protesting it was like kind of enraging just walking their dog (laughs) Like, like after curfew just because it's it was I was conflicted. I was upset, but then I was like, you know what? Good for you. I hope you don't get arrested, but good for you. That's been the case up here for a couple of weeks now. As a dog owner, I can speak to the dog owners walking their dogs. <laughs> you have to get um, out. That dog has got to use the bathroom. It's got to get some exercise. He's got to he's got to exercise those limbs so that that poop can come out <laughs> on the dirt and not on your floor. <laughs> Ooh. Um yeah, so yeah, thank you guys for joining. Um, I think our plan is to next week, since this relationship series has kind of ended our official first season, given everything that's going on, we plan to continue recording. And starting next week, I think we're going to start diving into discussions about what's going on with the civil unrest and um, possibly start to have some guests on to kind of uh, add some commentary and some uh, perspectives that maybe the four of us are not able to offer. But that's our plan moving forward. Again, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you for subscribing. Please go ahead and um, maybe uh, suggest to a friend that you know you listen to this pretty rad, chill podcast, LA's Survival Guide podcast, and um, we will catch you guys next week. Jay, Andre, Ali, Alex, Thank you guys all for being a part of the show today. Yeah, sure thing. Peace. Yeah. And we will talk to you guys all later. Bye. Bye. See you. Bye. Thanks.